a divorced single dad, father of five kids. It can be tough raising kids today, but believe me, there are high times and low times. It comes with the territory. But in all my years of parenting, I try to give some good advice. Advice to those parents who are out there willing to listen. My name is Price Van Ray, and welcome to my show. Today, I'm going to be wishing my youngest daughter a very happy birthday. But first, I want to congratulate all the new parents out there. Boy, are you in for the time of your life. This is an exciting time and a great adventure, so cherish every moment. Now, on with the show. If I could stop time, I'd put it in my pocket. So selfish I'd be and dream like a rocket. That's right. That's a little poem I like to say and start out with everybody. Everybody would love to stop time and put it in their pocket and say, oh, I cherish this one moment. And there are moments in my life I choose. But like I said today, I'm wishing my youngest daughter, Savanya, a very happy birthday. She turns 21 today. I can't believe where the time has gone. I can't believe after all these years, she's still here with me. That's right, she lives with me. We, we've sort of had a, had a long, interesting life. <laughs> but like I say, when you can put time in your pocket, it might be a little selfish for you. But you know what? There are things you can be selfish about. Not major things. You know, I remember when I was young, I had dreams. I had, like every other kid, I had dreams. I wanted to be an astronaut and soar up in the sky. Go to places I've never been. In fact, when I was a kid, they said one day, maybe man will reach Mars or they'll travel the universe. Well, I'm still waiting for those days. I haven't seen it yet. I remember when I was a kid, I I wanted to be in the army. I said, that'd be really cool to be in the army. Somebody said, you're going to be way too tall for the army. How are you going to fit in the bed? Your whole family's there, giants. (laughs) Why did I listen? Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But there are other times I dreamed of being a scientist. I thought being a scientist might be cool. But you know, all these dreams, they come and they go, much like kids. You know, they come, they go, and these are little kid dreams. But one dream I always wanted to be. Do you know what that is? I always wanted to be a daddy. That's right, I dreamed Ever since I was a kid, I can remember in the first, second grade, I said, I can't wait. One day, I'm going to be a daddy. And I thought, what would I do? Well, I had pretty good role models. I had my parents. They, They showed me the world and stuff. But I was thinking I would hold my baby when they were born. I'd rock them to sleep in a big rocking chair. And you know what I did? When my youngest daughter, Savannah, was born, I had a big wooden rocking chair. And I'd rock her to sleep in my arms. She was so tiny. In fact, out of all the kids I had, she was the tiniest. And her mom, to be honest with you, said she was the easiest birth. Because I remember being there with my other kids. Their mother went through a lot. It's tough being being 
a mother giving birth. I'll tell you, I'm a man. And to see what a woman goes through, it breaks my heart. But the bundle of joy that comes in the end, that child to see the baby's face, to hear the baby cry and see and know that is a part of me. That part of me will go on forever. That is my child. I will always love and protect my child. And that's what we do as parents. We want to keep our children safe, safe from harm, safe from all the evils of the world. We want to let them know when it's cold, you'll be warm. I'll take care of you. And you never have to be scared because as a parent, what we really want to do is we want to protect our kids. Protect them from everything. From all the horrors of the world. And believe me, there's a lot of horrors out there. You also want to show your child the world. I mean, that's what I wanted to do. I had dreams. One of my dreams was dreams that my parents did with me. I mean, my parents, they took me to, when I was a kid, they took me to every state in the United States. With the exception of Hawaii and Alaska, I was fortunate enough to go to every state. And those are memories I'll always cherish. I'll always have. I'll say, I remember being in a car, we packed it up, and we just drove. We had so many families across the United States that we never really had to stay in a hotel. In fact, I don't remember once when we stayed in a hotel. We always stayed at family's house. We have a lot of family. I remember a car broke down and my mom had a nephew who worked at a military base and we stopped there and they fixed the car and we went on our way. I believe we stayed the night too. But I was I was a little kid. This is back, I believe, in 72. To show your child the world they live in is amazing. And you know, that's what I always wanted to do. I wanted to take trips across the United States. I wanted to show my child the Redwood Forest. I wanted to show them the sands of Arizona. It was so red. I'll never forget that. Driving in the car and it was blistering hot and we could see the sand, it was red. I, I swear we saw, we saw scorpions crossing the road and snakes. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it was a childhood imagination, but I believe I truly saw that that day. But I remember watching as a kid, a lot of cartoons, and they would draw cactuses that looked almost like people holding their hands up in the old west. You know, when, when you're watching a cowboy movie and somebody says, stick them up, and you put your hands up in the air. These cactuses did look like that. And I remember stopping, and we saw birds chipping away at the cactus. I guess there's, there's water inside birds. Birds can, can eat that stuff. I remember seeing canyons and, these, and ravines. And I remember, you know, city things we saw, like the Space Needle, the Empire State Building, the capitals of all the states. One thing I do remember is, this, is 
seeing the ocean. We went across the United States and we stopped and saw the ocean. Got to put our feet in it. I'll tell you a story. I was so excited to see the ocean. I took my shoes off, my sneakers, put them on the truck, and I ran into the ocean. So after that, we ran back to the car and we got in the car and we started driving. I realized I didn't have my sneakers. I had left them on the trunk of the car. Oh, my dad was upset. <laughs> he was upset. He couldn't believe I did something like that. But we went to the store and bought another pair of sneakers. Thank goodness my feet were so small. <laughs> because right now they're a size 18. I can't imagine paying that much money for sneakers nowadays. I, I, I shiver. Shiver when I have to go buy sneakers. You know one thing I really wanted to do with my kids? I wanted to take my kids to Disney. That's right. Big old Disney. Where dreams come true. You know, I worked there. I did my internship there when I was in college. I, my internship was in studio production. And I uh, lived with a bunch of students and kids my age in their early 20s in a little community. It was fantastic. I, I advise everybody, if you have an opportunity to do the Disney internship, hey, you should do it. I mean, when I was there, it was great. It may have changed now. I'm sure it has. And I'm sure it's changed for the better. And I remember when I was at Disney, I used to go on all the attractions. I was really excited. I couldn't believe that I was actually working at Disney, a place I really wanted to work and be an animator. I mean, I'm not an animator now, even though that's what I went to school for, but I love the art. I do. I love it. And I said one day when I was there, when I was, I remember saying one day, I'm gonna bring my children here to Disney. I'm gonna show them this whole place. Well, it breaks my heart because I really never had that chance to show them Disney in Florida. I really wish I did. My kids are are older now. And in my opinion, that's a missed opportunity, a lucky opportunity, if they had have been fortunate enough. But, you know, I, I, I didn't have that chance. And later on, I decided I wanted to have a family. And I became a daddy. I got married. I, you know, I had my children. I had that home, that yard, that carport, that fireplace, that fenced-in yard. But... Things don't always happen the way you want for many reasons. And I got divorced. And it was tough. It was very, very tough. Because nobody gets married and says, I can't wait to get divorced. That doesn't happen. Nobody wants that. But when I was going through the divorce, you know, I lost my house and I became homeless. Eventually, I lived with my parents, with my three girls. My two boys lived with their, with their mother. 
You know what I learned? I learned that life can throw you curveballs. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. And thank goodness my parents were there to pick me up when I was down. I guess that's what parents do. They help you in the best of times and they help you in the worst of times. And believe me, when you go through a divorce, I'm going to be honest, that can be the worst of times. I mean, if anybody listening is out there and they say that's the best of times, there's something wrong with you. This show's not for you. Because when you get divorced, you should be sad. Because there's many lives that are impacted. And my children were not immune to it. Life can throw you curveballs. Which means you won't always make contact and hit it and get the home run. Because everybody, when you get married, you want to get that home run. You want to show your kids all the things that I talked about. You know, you want to let your kids have the dreams, let their minds use their imagination. You want to hold your baby, you want to tuck them in bed at night, you want to say I love you, you want to keep them safe and warm, and you want to protect them. And as a parent, you really want to show them the world. You want to show them a better life that you never had, or life that exceeds yours. You want your kids to do better than you. I mean, that's what I was taught. That's what my parents showed me. My parents said I was never able to get an education. Well, my dad. My mom said, in my house, it wasn't even talked about. You were going to go to college. You were going to get that education. You were going to do better. You were going to succeed. Doors were going to be open for you that were slammed and shut in their face. Well, I hope I made my parents proud. Because kids also don't know where the road leads. And they need that guidance. Everybody needs some kind of guidance. And like I said, life can throw you curveballs. But I realize as long as you have each other, and you care and you love each other, that's family. I love my family and I always wanted one. Me and my daughter, my youngest daughter, she lives with me and she's home with me. My, my two older daughters, they're off doing their own thing. But my youngest one, today, she's 21 years old. And I can remember as if it was yesterday when she was born. I could see her face. I could see the little hair on her head, her tiny fingers. I could still see myself holding her, comforting her, saying, I love you. I remember I didn't want to put my kids in daycare, so I would put them in the bedroom and put the baby on the bed. And I mean, when they were older too, they were about one or two years old, starting to walk. I'd throw some snacks in there and 
I'd sleep next to the door so they couldn't get out. And I'd have the TV on for them. And it was like their own little, uh, what would they call it? You know, you know how they have man caves? Well, this is like a kid cave. <laughs> and because I worked third shift, I'd have to sleep when I got home. So this is why I was sleeping by the door. And I'd sleep there for about four hours. And she'd have her fun. She'd take her naps. And after four hours, I'd get up, make some more food for her. And we lived in an apartment. And I would, I would, I, this is my first kid, actually. And I'd take her out in the back in the park. And we'd sit there and get a blanket and play and listen to music and give her some fresh air. My youngest daughter, though, the one who turned 21, this is when we lived in a house. I'd, I'd do the same thing. But this time, we'd go outside and we'd go in the backyard. That was fenced in. <laughs> we, we upgraded. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> ah, I swear I miss those days so much. So today, when she was going to work. It was dark out. It was one of the coldest days of the year. I wanted to surprise her with a very small cake about as big as my hand. But she had gotten up and went to her car to warm it up. I didn't know where she was. I was going to try to surprise her when she came out of the bathroom. But I missed my chance. So I called her. I said, honey, where are you? She said, I'm in my car. I'm warming it up. It's cold out. I said, okay. I ran and got my clothes on, took the cake outside, with the candle and ran up to her car. I tried to light the candle, but it was windy and I couldn't get the cake lit. She saw the cake and said, oh, thanks, Dad. I said, I wanted to light it. She goes, light it for me, Dad. So I ran to the other side of the car and got inside. And then I was able to light the cake. I almost wanted to cry as I looked in her. I mean, I could see her face in the flickering light of the candle. And I could see my tiny little baby as a baby growing up throughout all the years and seeing her as a 21-year-old she is today. I sang her happy birthday. And she said, Dad, I thought you forgot. <laughs> I would never, ever forget you, is what I said. I love you, Savanya. You make me so proud. I can't imagine my life without you. You have enriched my life so much and made me happy. Happy when skies are gray. And I just want to say, I know you will grow up to be a fine woman and a human being. And I believe in you. Happy birthday, Savannah. And I will love you forever, Dad. And now it's story time. This is a story that you might find a little humorous. <laughs> it's, it's called The Cat's Diary. See, a diary was found in a person's house and a person read it and couldn't believe what he was reading. But it goes like this. My captors continue to taunt me with bizarre little dangling objects. They dine lavishly on meat while the other inmates and I are fed hash or some sort of dry nuggets. Although I make my contempt 
For the rations perfectly clear, I nevertheless must eat something in order to keep up my strength. The only thing that keeps me going is my dream of escape. In an attempt to disgust them, I once again vomited on the carpet. Today, I decapitated a mouse and dropped its headless body at their feet. I had hoped this would strike fear into their heart, since it clearly demonstrates my capabilities. However, they merely made condescending comments about what a good little hunter I am. Can you believe it? There was some sort of assembly of their accomplices tonight. I was placed in solitary confinement for the duration of the event. However, I could hear the noises and smell the food. I overheard that my confinement was due to the power of allergies. I must learn what this means and how to use it to my advantage. Today, I was almost successful in an attempt to assassinate one of my tormentors by weaving around his feet as he was walking. I must try this again tomorrow, but at the top of the stairs. I am convinced that the other prisoners here are flunkies and snitches. The dog receives special privileges. He is regularly released and seems to be more than willing to return. He obviously has something wrong with him. The bird must be an informant. I observe him communicate with the guards regularly. I am certain that he reports my every move. My captors have arranged my protective custody for him in an elevated cell. So he is safe for now. But one day, somehow, some way, I will escape and be free. If my diary one day is found by some unfortunate cat, don't give up. Because if I am not here, then one of two things have happened. One, I escaped to a place far better than here, and I am free. Or two, I died. I hope it is the one. I want to thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you and your friends are notified when a new podcast is posted. Rate and review this podcast and share it with your family and friends. I hope that you're leaving here with some great things that make you think. Remember this one last bit of advice. Tomorrow is never promised, so don't go to bed angry at your child or anyone you love. And before you go to bed tonight, hug your child and tell them, I will love you forever, Dad. I'll see you next time here. Be safe, be well, and be happy.